You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. So just the other day, I had a text chain with a friend of mine in the Sexy Marriage Nation who said, Corey, you're a jerk. <laughs> That's all it said. It's a nice welcome. And he was perfect because he waited a couple seconds because I'm sitting there right by my phone. I'm like, oh, okay, what's that? And then he follows it up with, I can't get that theme song out of my head. <laughs> this is Sexy Marriage Radio. It's a good theme song then. It is. And this is the, the voice of my lovely wife, Pam, as always on Mondays, joining me. Hey, everyone. And we're having straightforward, honest conversations about married life and sex. And today's a potpourri show. So we got quite a few areas we're going to cover. We like the potpourri. We do like potpourri. Uh, but the way you can get uh, the topics or questions you've got on board, or if you want to call me a jerk, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or 214-702-9565 or jump on iTunes. But don't please don't call me a jerk on iTunes. Yeah, the, the yeah please. The, you know, leave good ones. But if you got bad ones... I'm open. We want to hear it because feedback makes us better. We'll take the good and the bad. And we want you to rate and review the show to help spread the word on whatever uh, medium you use to find the show and listen. Uh, leave, leave comments. Leave reviews. Uh, jump on YouTube on some of the expert shows that are on Thursdays and leave comments. That helps us uh, spread the word that married sex is the hotbed for sex and it's the place where we can find things maybe we couldn't find otherwise. Yeah. And so these are some things that came straight from the sex imagination is where we're heading today. So this is an email that came in based on uh, episode 357 when Jay Parker joined me. Mm-hmm. And we were talking, she said she resonates with the fact that some women find having sex just too much work for what they get in return. And so the question she's got is, what do I say to my husband right after we have sex and he has reached orgasm? And it was all wonderful for him and just so-so for me. And he asks... How was that? Did you reach the big one? I don't want to hurt his feelings, and I usually say that was nice, but inside I'm disappointed at how things rolled out. We don't talk or communicate about sexual intimacy at all, and it turns into a few days of not talking to each other, so I feel a lot of tension around our sex life. So I'm going to back up just a second. We don't talk or communicate about sexual intimacy, but they end up not talking to each other for a few days? Well, uh, that's apparently, a communication about something. Something's coming good through. call, Pam. But apparently, it's read well. You know, like, uh, that was nice. I mean, that's still kind of a you didn't answer my question, or you answered it by not answering my question, or you know, there's the other parts of us that pick up the ouch. I don't like that answer. Sure. I mean, when I when I first read this, I was just. Ugh, my heart just hurt for her to have gone through a sexual encounter and for him to say, how is that? Did you reach the big one? And there to be no understanding your bodies had just been together. Right. But that sounds like that was about all that was together. And, a lot of yeah, times. Yeah. And he has no idea if there is a climax going on right. for the wife who he's right there with. Um. Which tells me that um, they, it's not necessarily paying attention, but it kind of is. That 
that it's just how do you pay attention to the connection between each other? Because what, what's actually being offered at the end of this, and this is kind of the paradoxical way my mind works, how do you answer the question of how was that? To me, you answer it honestly. Did you reach the big one? No, as a matter of fact, I didn't. Do you care to keep going? Or, yeah, but it wasn't what I was really hoping. Or, you know, just kind of be clear. Yeah, I never, it. I never could quite get there. And, and gosh, you may not have even been close to coming to climax. But let him know that if he's asking you, let him know. Right. Shoot straight. Shoot straight because you don't want to hurt his feelings. But on the flip side, you're continually getting disappointed if that happened. And yeah. so, well, that it, makes it to where you don't. One get, of the two of you is going to be disappointed somewhere along the way. Then the work that you're having to put in, you don't get the return. Right. So, yeah, there's, that's certainly what makes it to where the woman is just saying, this is just too much work. Right. Well, and it's what you picked up on is they have trouble and all kinds of tension about their sex life and they don't talk about it. So that means they don't talk. So the honesty is already kind of almost to the surface. The tension means I don't like what I might hear. So why bring it up? That's kind of human nature. Yeah, we're just not using our words to say right. what it is that's Because really in their issue. times, like in the 25 years of our marriage, there's times where, I don't know if this has ever been an answer, but the question was asked, and it was one of those like, do you really want to know the answer? Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you want to know that answer? Because it's going to hurt. I'll tell you. Right. And so it's that concept of, there's a lot of times where, we go down this route of the path of least resistance, meaning, oh, we just won't talk about it. We'll just kind of hope it goes away, just sweep it under the rug, just focus on something else. We'll just be friends, you know, and just be good partners. And let's just not talk about that. And we'll just deal with it next time it, we have sex. And I get asked yeah. that question again. When if you're talking about wanting to do life and marriage on a deeper level and have sex on a deeper level, you got to bring the honesty. Well, you do. That That's how... That's how things get better uh, relationally and just experiential. I, I go back and equate this to work. And if I've got a coworker or someone, um, if I've got a coworker that is, whether it be new to something or whatever, if they're doing something wrong, I can either come in and come behind him and do it for him, or I can teach them how to do it right. Mm-hmm. And then we're both happier because they're better. And they're like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing it wrong this whole time. Oh, thank God. I feel like such an idiot because I was doing it wrong. And I'm happy because I don't have to follow up and do their work now. Is this hopefully if you're both grown up, the spouse says, oh, I didn't realize that they weren't even liking that. Well, I'd sure love to know how to pleasure them. I thought you could reach orgasm just through penile vaginal intercourse. Right? right, and there's a lot of women, a majority that can't, yeah, if, clitor- if the clitoris is not involved, and so sometimes a, a dude's just got to learn that, yeah, yeah, and a woman's just got to learn that, yeah. If he gets clued into that and and didn't realize that before, then he's just going to be thankful for getting that little tidbit of knowledge that he didn't have before, and can go such a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think the, to to in this in this email. There's a lot of times with how do I say the rough things, the tough things, and then I add the caveat without hurting their feelings. 
because that's what I really want. I want to be able to tell them the truth, and I want them to take it well. Well, I don't get the second side of that equation. I only get the first. Right. You can temper your mm-hmm. tone in how you say something, but and you could say it in a totally loving manner, but their feelings may still it be It doesn't hurt. change the hurt sometimes associated no. with things, especially when it doesn't meet our expectation or our performance at the level and the way we thought it went. Yeah. <laughs> but it clues you into, wait, I have another party a part of this, so... If I say I want, if if it matters to him, her enjoyment, call it out. Yeah. And then see. Yeah. Don't sit back and be because silent. Because the one thing that's important to me is they've already got tension around it. Let's just make the tension worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Address the elephant let's, in the let's room. Let's deal with what's really there, not dealing with the tension around what's really there. Perfect. All right. Let's move on to the next uh, email that we got. Um, this is my question for you is this, how do you get past the ickiness of sex to enjoy it? If you're super sensitive to that. Okay. Uh, so I ask this because I do get orgasms, but to me, the good feelings of sex are outweighed by the bad, the icky liquid feelings and smells associated with sex. I can enjoy sex in the moment, but the bad seems to outweigh the good in my mind and makes it hard to desire it. I'm super sensitive to feelings, get grossed out easily, probably wash my hands once an hour, etc. Anyway, this also makes it hard to have sex spontaneously because I always have to shower afterward. So help, she's just feeling like she's the only person that struggles with this. And certainly not. There's other people that get right. chewed out by the right. smell and... There's all kinds of things out there. So, right. So, a couple of things that come to my mind right off the bat are she's even, and I love that she's hinting at this or being flat out about this, that it's not just ickiness surrounding sex. She has a level of ickiness with life that she, yeah, she's got to wash her hands all the time. And that she has some concerns about the world we live in. Right. Yeah. And and the goos and the ooze and the ick that comes along with Bacterian. life with people. Yeah. So there's two things that come to my mind. One is in the sexual arena and the other is just in the daily life. So let's start with the daily life. Okay. That um, what are some of the things that you could do through your daily living? If you have children, this is it can even be magnified to test out your thresholds and expand your thresholds of ickiness. Your kids are doing something you deem kind of gross, but it's only on the scale, like at a six. You know, it's not on the vomitous level of like, I'm about to heave with that ickiness, (laughs) but they're just playing in mud and the ooze of mud bothers me. Okay. How do you take the deep breaths? Go stick your hands in the mud and just kind of squish them around just for a second or two. She's crawling out of her skin right That's now fine. listening to this. But the whole point of this, because this is, quick caveat. My, my field of, of mental health professionals has done a disservice in some regards by having put out the whole idea of anger management. Mm. We don't manage emotions. They come out. Okay. Ickiness is an emotion. It's a, it's a reaction to things. You don't manage that. You learn to tolerate it better. Okay. That's the difference. All right. 
So how do you find times in your normal life to, tol- to test your tolerance levels? Just in subtle, simple ways. That if, if, if the thought of mud is icky, okay, go stand near it. And when you start feeling all icky, stay one extra second. Then run and go wash yourself or <laughs> whatever you need to do, okay. right? But it's just that whole point of it's, it's gradual desensitization of this. Yeah. It's testing into it. It's, it's leaning into it. So the same kind of thing can happen in the sexual arena. That I don't like the ooze and the liquid and the smell. So one of the ones right off is it's hard to have sex spontaneous because I feel like I have to shower afterwards. Well, what if you just had sex in the shower? Just kind of start there. Well, I thought that, have sex in the shower. I'm also thinking, what's so great about spontaneous sex? I mean, okay, that's it's fun to have that once in a while, but I think the anticipation that leads up to it is a lot of fun. Right. And having it planned. So I guess the spontaneous sex maybe being off the table. Okay. Well, but that's just it. So it's a quick detour of, the, of spontaneity that... You can still be spontaneous in the plan. Okay. Right? What does that look like? Well, so it's the idea of, okay, she might have to do some prep and primping and get ready because it's, it's a, she's moving into an icky situation. So she's got to have to tolerate it. Well, how about if I get all the prep, you know, you're like, all right, let me change this up. You and I, are, we're going to plan some encounter. Well, I don't have to always follow the script even though it's planned. When we start, we change it up completely. So spontaneity, you're saying, just doesn't have to be about timing. Oh, all of a sudden we're going to have sex right. and Not we just hadn't timing. planned it. Spontaneity is, about- is changing the script in spur of the moment. Right. Okay. So I think of it in the terms of she has some things that she's dealing with in the way she looks at life that is at a level of grossness. Mm-hmm. And so she's figured out ways to manage that. No, let me rephrase that. I'm going to catch my whole concept. It's not managing it. She's figuring out ways to tolerate it. Yeah. To keep it at tolerable levels. So how do you just increase that threshold just a little bit? And it's a gradual thing. Ways to increase the threshold. Also ways to maybe, I'm thinking of a a diffuser in the room Mm -hmm. with lavender um, going to help offset the smells well smells an issue and here's this is a curious thing because with the smells are an issue but smells are also and people may not realize this but the smells that are associated with ejaculate both in the male and the female change according to our diets yeah so what are you eating what are you and your spouse Mm -hmm. eating if you change your diet a little bit especially the night of and the day of it it changes the the sensations and the in the smells surrounding it a little. Yeah. And it can even change the taste. Well, and how often you shower. I mean, if you're going on 48 hours and you're now you're the night of day number two and yeah, you know, it starts to stink in between your legs. I mean, if she's yeah. washing her hands well, once an hour, I'm not she's imagining not doing she's it. gone but that if long. The spouse, but the spouse might but the be. Spouse mm-hmm. might be. And so those smells, I get it. That can, Mm-hmm. That can uh, that's it can a alter true things. turn off. That is a true turn off. Um, so I, I I want you to hear you're not alone in that. That stuff can be <laughs> disgusting. Absolutely. Uh, so certainly hygiene is a thing for both spouses. And if your spouse doesn't have the same 
we'll call it hand washing desire that you have for right. cleanliness, right? Then you know maybe that's there. Uh, so that has to be a discussion with the spouse, but. You know, throw some lavender into the diffuser and some candles or something like and that even to have, try and help. Have some product on the nightstand or in the nightstand of uh, some scented lubricant, um, some potpourri spray for the area for the spray. You know, for the surround. You know, just there's things you can do that can help subdue some of it. Right. And and change the, the, the scent surrounding it. Right. But, I mean, nothing's going to take away that there is some... Yeah. Sex is stickiness. messy. Yeah. And maybe one of the things we need to do better as, as parents is not always just talk about the whole blessings and sacredness and how great this thing is, but also, you know what? This is kind of a messy part of our life, too. Have a towel ready. Mm-hmm. That was... Uh, yeah, that's certainly something that... Uh, someone talked about with us before we mm-hmm. ever got married. You know what? It's messy. Have a towel ready. So if you guys, talking to her, if if you don't keep something by the bedstand, do that. I mean, if some of the yuckiness and stickiness is because they're ones that like to just kind of sit and be together after the sex act is done and, you know, right. fluids kind of ooze out. Well, yeah, that can get kind of right uncomfortable and gross. Don't do that. Right. And so this this is a tolerance thing to me. So this is a bring your spouse in on this and let him know. He probably already knows, but let him know. I'm going to test a couple of things, meaning I want to sit with this a little bit longer than maybe I'm going to I'm trying to grow myself. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to confront this a little different. And so I want to challenge and I'd love your help with this, that whenever something gets derailed like this, I want to I want to speak up and say, hey, hold on. I've lost it. I'm I'm icking out here. I want to reconnect. Let's do this. Let's change it. Because we don't always have to follow a script. Mm-mm. And maybe that helps connect and take it to even a deeper level while at the same time connecting with uh, or, or confronting and, gra- and growing a tolerance with ickiness. Right. So if there's more on that, shoot us shoot us an email following up, giving us a Feedback little more info. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Absolutely. Okay. So then the last one, this was a long email, so I'm not even going to try to come close to reading it. I'll just summarize it. This is from a woman who uh, made the decision that she's going to save herself from marriage. It was an important thing based on her Christian upbringing and a belief. Uh, she was dating a guy and, and was going to be planning to marry a guy that was on board with that. You know, no problem yep. whatsoever. So on their wedding night, they had agreed beforehand they would not even try because people had told them, you're going to be so tired from the day and it'll be towards the end of the day. You know, because that's, think about it, your wedding day is a long day and you usually wind up pretty exhausted by the end of the whole ordeal because of just all the expectations on it. So they decided they weren't going to try it on their wedding day. So they thought they'd do it the next day, but they traveled overseas for their honeymoon. So they were jet lagged. Okay. So day two, they decide, let's just try maybe easing into this and testing things out with a shower or some different things. And then day three, she gets sick. Oh, man. And it's it's sick the rest of the trip. And so a couple of times they did try sex or intercourse, but it was incredibly painful. And so... That skewed their dilemma to where now he's 
I don't want to try this. Why, you know, this, it, it kind of, he kind of lost the desire. So like she, he's feeling like he's hurting her. Right. So she, it sounds like she tried to pick up the, I need to pursue him. I need to show him. And he's like, ah, you know, because I can see it from both sides of this thing that you got some crazy expectations of what we think our married, our, our wedding and our honeymoon is going to be like. Yeah. Every single one of us does. Yeah. And then we come to find out it's not like that. Oh, yeah. Because she's not alone in horrible honeymoons. It's it's more common than you think. It, it is, uh, especially when you're in the scenario of not having had sexual relations before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I... I'm an advocate right. of that. Don't hear me saying otherwise. But right. if someone's had sexual experience beforehand, then they kind of know what to expect going into it. Right. It's a known thing. It, then, it's a known least. thing. So the mind's not net, may not be right as um, so they killer on your expectations on that. Right. So they did have sex again, and even with lubrication, meditation, breathing through it, it was still incredibly painful, and so. She was even felt bruised afterwards mm. uh, for several days. Yeah. And so now she's officially terrified and she has zero interest, Oh, which hurts. Yeah, that hurts my heart because it's like they flip-flopped on this whole thing. You know, he was the hybrid desire and then she was when it's it, he kind of pulled back after the first encounter or so. And now she and then it's back to him trying and she's so she's asking, you know, her question is, do I have any basic ideas off the top of our head of what might be happening or what they should do? And then think this can be important to uncover or talk about because she feels very alone with yeah. this. And so to me, what comes to this is a, a lot of what's happening and what I hear very, very clearly is there's just a tremendous amount of stress surrounding this aspect of their life because mm-hmm. anticipation, it's sister is stress. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Anxiety is stress. You know, it's all, it's just heightened emotions. And the sad thing about what our body does with stress, especially for a woman, is it restricts. Everything tightens up. Mm -hmm. It does not allow for the natural process, like God kind of had in mind, to really engorge and expand as easily. Mm -hmm. And so for some women, this is a real big ordeal. And it really is a lot of just stress-related anxiety surrounding intercourse. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that comes to my mind is for this couple, have you tried or will you try just making out? Take intercourse out of the equation and just make out. Kiss, touch, kiss, touch, stroke fondle fondle figure out what body parts you like <laughs> right. outside of that do some real heavy petting yeah with each other and even to the point of bringing each other to orgasm without intercourse just play yeah use your hands use your tongue use body parts whatever and just play along with that because sometimes when you're talking about the tension in a, in a woman's vagina because of stress and anxiety surrounding this. So insert a finger or two, and this can be him or her or both, whichever way you want to go. Yeah. If you want to implement a toy, you can do that. You can buy various sizes. They even have expanders that real start real, real small and go bigger yeah. that are intended for, for women with the vaginismus. 
Well, and, and for her, um, with what it sounds like is very limited sexual experience Mm -hmm. beforehand, fondling may be a very stressful, um, event, especially trying to pleasure him. Mm -hmm. So there's gotta be just an an open dialogue, just asking him, where would you like me to touch you? Mm -hmm. And how would you like me to touch you? What feels good? And you you got to be open to asking those questions if that's not something that you're familiar with. Right. Because we all learn this. We progress over time. Exactly. There's none of us out there who started out knowing everything. None of us out there who were virgins when we got married that had this hot uh, honeymoon and it was Hollywood sex Unfolding things. just like the that's movies, right? That's not how it goes. Yeah. It, I mean, it... It get, it's it's much better in year twenty five than it was on the honeymoon. It just <laughs> amen goes from to there. that. So ask him those questions and be you, you're going to have to figure out how that fondling goes along the right. way. Right, because it's being turned on as a woman does not just mean lubricated. It also means engorged. Yeah, because yeah. the vagina That's actually right. engorges and expands. The opening expands. The cervix lifts up, and that's what creates the possibility of no pain. Right. You can still have lubrication there, and it's still and it be painful, and it's painful mm-hmm. because it's it's and you slick. Feel that for, but it's for a couple restricted, days. right? And mm-hmm. so it's learning. Maybe you're just not turned on enough. Maybe you're not as engorged as you need to be. You're not as aroused right. as you need to be. And so a lot of times. Let's take some of that out of the equation and let's let's kind of go back to dating life, if you will. But we're just dating while we're married. Yeah. And we're going to try to just be much more intentional and engaged and questioning of each other, curious of each other. What about that? You need to teach me. Help me out. Help me learn this. What about this? What about that? And just become students of each other and yourself. Yeah. Because this is one of those things that... To, cl- to close out this episode, um, you're not alone in this journey. <laughs> that there are there are people uh, that I've I've had lots of couples that have had really um, honeymoon horror stories because it's not at all what they thought it was going to be, and not the not the, all the expectation we place on on married life together and how sex will just naturally occur. No. Doesn't it doesn't happen that way? That's why we have this podcast, right? Because there's so many broken relationships, including the sexual yep. relationship. Yep, there's a lot of people hurting, and we want to start the conversations and good good information to help you. Here's a, here's the next step to try. And so, for all the different topics that we covered today, um, if there's something that that works, feedback sexyimageradio.com. Let us know if there's something that doesn't, and you need more. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or 214-702-9565. That can help us know, hey, we need to keep going further. Yeah. Because we do want to be resources that help your married sex uh, be all that it can possibly be. Because the sacredness of it and the way God created it is too wonderful to not experience all of it. Oh, absolutely. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, To the Sexy Marriage Nation, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time. 